want to take the next 30 minutes or so, and I'm going to talk to you about how to build an ark. Are you expecting a flood, Pastor Joy? Well, not the kind that Noah had. For one, God promised it never would flood like that again, didn't he? But we all face floods in our life. We, we face tests and trials, right? Temptations. I mean, struggles. Um, specifically, I want to talk about um, building yourself an ark for divine healing, for receiving divine healing. Amen. Did you know that healing was in the, our redemption in Christ Jesus? Amen. You, you say, well, well, then why are so many people sick? Well, if you'll tell me why so many still aren't saved, I'll tell you why so many still aren't sick. It's the same reason. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so um, somebody told Brother Hagin one time, they said, well, if healing is God's will, why don't you just go get everybody healed? He said, well, don't you believe that uh, it's God's will for everybody to get saved? Why don't you go get everybody saved? (laughs) Amen. And so, um, I mean, people have to receive it, don't they? And you can't receive what you don't know about. Hosea 4, 6, God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It didn't even say because the devil's so big and bad and strong and overwhelming, right? No, it didn't say, you know, my people are destroyed because the devil's so mean and he's, he's so strong. It just said because of a lack of knowledge. Amen. He's defeated. Jesus said all power has been delivered unto me, both in heaven and in earth and beneath the earth. There is no power left for the devil to have. If Jesus says all power has been delivered to me, that means there is not one thimbleful of power left for the devil. Not a thimble. Come on. You say, well, he's sure powerful in my life. Well, it's your lack of knowledge that's causing him to pull the wool over your eyes. Amen. You know, um, I, I heard it said this way. Deception wouldn't be so deceiving if it wasn't so deceptive. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, it, it's true. You know, if, if you can believe a lie and, and that lie, your belief in that lie will work against you. Job, remember Job said, that which I greatly feared has what? Come upon me. Amen. It was his fear that empowered that thing to come against him in his life. Amen. And so I'm thankful in the New Testament now God's promised us he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. And so... uh, after I'm through teaching, I'm going to take some time. I'm going, to, I'm going to lay hands on those of you that are sick or in pain in your body. You know, whether it be pain due to injuries or different things that may cause you to be in pain. Um, those that suffering from allergies, pollen, food allergies. I mean, we're just going to believe God. He's the healer. Amen. And I'm going to minister healing to those in need this morning uh, after we're through. But first, I'm going, to, I'm going to teach the word on healing. Amen. Um, the Bible says that, that um, Jesus, in that city he was in, it said that he could do no mighty work. Do you, does anybody in here know why it said he could do no mighty work? Because of why? Their unbelief. That's right. Their unbelief. He could not. Now, it did not say he would not. It said he could not. Okay? And so there were some things that Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead Trinity in his flesh that he could not do in the earth without belief, without faith in his ability. That's the reason why he preached so people could have faith. I mean, why would he preach that he's the deliverer if he could just go and deliver them and just say, hey, guess what? I just delivered you. 
Huh? If, why did he preach healing if he could just go and heal? Why didn't he heal them all the time and then just say, guess what, you're healed now? Because he had to get faith in them for them to receive from him. That's why he stood up that day in Luke 4, 18 and 19, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The people had to believe that he was anointed. But watch out, because when you begin to declare that you are anointed, not only will it open up the ears of those that are needing to receive from God, but it'll open up the ears of, of the Pharisees and the enemies of God. When you begin to declare that you're anointed, I mean, God will begin to be able to use you more because people can receive from God more through you, but it's going to open up attacks in your life. Amen. But we're not concerned about that either. Jesus said, greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world, right? And no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, God said, you will condemn it. Amen. You'll rise up in your authority as a believer and you'll condemn that thing. It might be in your living room. It might be in your car. It might be in the bathroom. It might be in the shower. But the anointing of God will come upon you and you will rise up and you will condemn that satanic attack in your life. And it won't take you more than four or five words under the anointing. You understand what I'm talking about? You will condemn it. What does that mean? It means that you will rise up and speak your God-given authority and come against the satanic attack in your life. In the name of Jesus, I command you, Satan, to cancel your assignment in my life. You take your hands off my family in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. You just condemned it. Amen. Praise God. In Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to read the first and the second verse. Hebrews 11 verses 1 and 2 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. I mean, if you have a track record of living and walking by faith, I mean, it's going to be recognizable. People are going to know that you have a lifestyle of faith. I'm not talking about once every blue moon when you need God to do something desperately in your life. That's not going to give you a good report. A good, uh, the word report is the old English word for reputation. That's really what that's talking about. Um, it's not talking about their confession. Through faith, they had a good confession. That's not what that's talking about. Don't misread that in there. This is talking about through their lifestyle of faith, they had a good reputation. Now, you will have a good confession, but report, don't confuse that word with confession, okay? Because that's not what it's talking about there. It's talking about your, your reputation. And oh, we're not going to get into it this morning, but the Bible has a whole lot to say about what others think about you. So before you say, I don't care what man thinks, I only care what God thinks. Before you say that, you ought to go study the epistles in the New Testament and find out the importance of having a good reputation with others. Amen. And let me tell you this, you can never develop a good re reputation with others if you never stay in the same place for more than six to eight months. In fact, you don't even begin to build a reputation until you've been faithful for at least a year. Any one place, in a job, in the church, wherever it's at, you don't even begin to really get a reputation until after a good year of faithfulness, being hooked up. Amen. But people never, through faith, get a good report or a good reputation because they're not there long enough to develop it. Amen. And so... Um, uh, I say that because if we just kind of limit this report here to mean a good confession of faith, through, you know, we're missing out on so much of what's being said here. What's the purpose of faith is so you can have a good reputation. 
Amen. You're going to have a good confession too, but it's not just your confession. It's your lifestyle because of your faith. It's going to, it's going to change the way you act. Amen. It's going, to, it's going to change the way that you function. Your methods of operation are going to be different than other people's. When they're doing one thing out of fear, you act another way out of faith, and they see that your choice was wise after all, and theirs was the foolish decision. You're going to build a reputation. People are going to start looking to you. It's, it's not just being perfect that gives you a good reputation. It's when you fall in your ability to get back up with dignity and, uh, and respect and, uh, and, and, and owning up to it, that'll sometimes give you more uh, of a reputation with people than if they never saw you miss it. In fact, people never really even know you till they see you at your low points. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not being perfect that gives you a good reputation. What, it, it's when you miss it and, and, and you're able to admit it. And, and not try to hide it and be religious about it. Uh, people can respect that. Amen. And so um, I thank God for those years. Six, uh, a little over six years, I worked at the hospital in different departments. It was all training for what I'm doing right now. I mean, if I couldn't handle people at a hospital, I'd never be able to handle people passing a church, I'll tell you right now. I mean, not, I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, certain ones over the years, it's like you, you, you've, got to, you've got to already have some rough edges knocked off of you if you're going to deal gracefully, gracefully with, with people that you're going to have to confront in your life, whether you're a pastor or not, whatever it is you're called to do. If you can't hold down a job and, you know, um, and, and start singing the song, take this job and shove it, you know, I mean, I mean, you, you, you can't have that attitude and expect to, to ever become anything successful with God. Or in this life without God. If you just keep getting offended and moving, you know, I'll find me another job. I was looking for one when I found this one. You know, bye. You think, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. Say good reputation. good reputation. Now, we are going to talk about healing, but, you know, sometimes what you think you need is not what you need. It might be those things that I get on that rabbit trail about that's holding off and holding back that whole thing you're needing in your body. Amen? Say good reputation. All right, so by faith, or excuse me, uh, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, and then it says that um, in in verse 6 of Hebrews 11, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And this goes back to what I was saying about uh, what God told me, actually, was you have to do something for something else to happen. Now, this wasn't just for the building of our church. This is a spiritual principle that if God's going to do something else, you have to first do what? Something. All right? So uh, um, I noticed here what it doesn't say in verse 6 this morning. Without faith, it's impossible to please him um, for he must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's not what it says, is it? No, it said, for he that cometh to God must believe. So the believing came before the coming, but there had to be something done based on that belief for something else to happen. Amen. He that cometh to God, say cometh to God. This, was the, this would be the action of your faith, coming to God. What good would it do for me to believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him and then never seek him? Would that help you? Would just believe and believe and believe and would that help you? 
No, at some point you got to come to God. Why would I come to God? Because I believe that he is God. He's not a man that he should lie and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Say diligently. There's that word again. Uh, A good definition I heard years ago of diligence is speedy attention to an assigned task. I can never expect God to move on my behalf any quicker than I'm willing to respond to his instruction. All right. So how fast do I want my answer? Um, That tells me how fast I need to move on his instruction. Amen. But notice it says um, in verse seven, by faith, Noah being warned. This is the word of God to Noah, right? Being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Being warned of things not seen. What is faith? The evidence of things not seen. So by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And uh, really for the first time, uh, I already had my notes last night, but going over it this morning, I saw some more things in this, that um, Noah heard the word of God, he was warned of God, and he did three things. Number one, well, he believed it, right? But the first thing he did after he believed, he was moved with fear. So he moved. He did something, right? And number two, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And number three, he became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So he heard the word of God. What comes by hearing the word? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so um, when he heard the word, he moved, he prepared, and then he became. Amen. And that, you could say, is when God did something else. All right? So um, I want to talk to you this morning about how to build an ark for yourself, but not one made out of gopher wood, as was Noah's ark, but an ark of safety and refuge built from faith that comes from the Word of God. Amen? And specifically, we're going to talk about receiving healing. Amen? Building an ark in your heart to guard against and protect against sickness and disease, amen, tragedies, accidents. Come on. That's, just, that's the kind of God I serve, all right? So um, let's go to Psalm 103, and we're going to read the second and the third verse. New English Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Um, you have to remind yourself of God's promise, don't you? Now, I for a long time, I read these wrong whenever David would say, bless the Lord, O my soul. I don't know where I got the wrong idea, but for years, I just, I read this totally wrong, and I thought David was saying, I will bless the Lord with all my soul. Is it just me? Do you know that's not what he said? No, David is talking to his soul, the soulish realm of himself. What is the soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. All right? How many um, need to deal with your emotions sometimes? Amen. How many need to deal with your mind sometimes? Just wandering places it shouldn't wander, and, you know, and, and uh, I mean, and, and, and worry, fears, stuff like that, maybe anger, thoughts, or, or even lust, thoughts, whatever it is that don't belong there, you know? I mean, you need to talk to yourself sometimes. Set yourself straight, Right? So David never did say, oh, I will bless the Lord with all my soul. And I think you ought to bless the Lord with your soul. (laughs) I mean, but the problem was, is that David's soul wasn't blessing the Lord. 
And so David talked to himself, and I can only see David with a pointed finger at his soul reading this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What are you doing? In another place, he actually said in the King James, he said, why are you disquieted? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Why are you disquieted within me? You have no business throwing this pity party. How many of you ever talked to yourself like that? That's exactly what David had to do. And he had a lot more reasons to do it than probably any one of us in this room combined had a reason to have a pity party. I mean, having to hide in the caves, you know, from from fear of Saul and his armies. And all he did was serve the Lord (laughs) and love the man. You know what I'm saying? And his own his own people are telling him, man, why don't you just assassinate him and take the throne? And and but he knows I can't touch God's anointed and he's daily dealing with with uh, offense and bitterness. And you know what I'm saying? And even getting angry at God, like, God, I was minding my own business out there with those sheep, you know. And then you called Samuel, come on, that poor Lowell on my head and tell me I'm going to be the king. I didn't ask for that. You see the temptation to get, to get mad at God? Like, I just want to go back to work for my daddy. I mean, I know he didn't pay much and he didn't care much for me. He didn't favor me as much as my other brothers. But at least I could get out there and play my harp and, you know, take care of the sheep. He's like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he said that. I'm saying that's the temptation there. Amen. So he's daily dealing with all these things of, of, um, uh, of, of questions and doubts and, and uh, um, you know, uh, uh, temptation for offense. But, but so all these temptations are coming to him. And he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Because the enemy wants to remind you of everything that's going wrong. He wants to tell you that nothing good's going to happen for you again. That your best days are behind you. That you're just going down from this point on. And then your soul says, oh, I know that's probably right. And then the enemy reminds you of the last thing you did wrong, no matter how small or insignificant, and he says, that's the reason why you're not going to have a bright future because of this thing. And you're, oh, I know it. See, if he just told you God's not going to do nothing for you, you would say, you're a liar. But if he can bring up something from your past and deal with that insecure part of your soul... Or that part of you that still wants to work and earn favor with God, approval from God, and, and, and uh, plays on that inside of your soul and reminds you of where you missed it, reminds you of where you blew it, even though you've confessed it and God's forgot it and you've been cleansed from it, um, he'll say, yeah, he forgave you. And this is a word for somebody. Yeah, the devil says, yeah, he forgave you, but there's just some things that's not going to be undone. That's a lie of the devil. That's the word of the Lord for somebody right now today. The devil is a liar. Amen. But he, he was telling David all these things. You know, yeah, I know you was anointed king, but, but you ain't going to be anointed king now, man. Saul's going to kill you today. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, he says, blessed, right in the midst of that, like Kathy was saying, uh, when there's when there's fear, strife, temptation, whatever, a depression tries to come on you, um, right away you just say, "I plead the blood of Jesus." And then remember what she said. What was the next one? Do you remember? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Amen. 
I plead the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Amen. You, you begin to watch things dissolve. Amen. Right before your eyes. Praise the Lord. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This word benefits, you could just say promises. That a promise would certainly be a benefit, wouldn't it? How many know when you receive Jesus, you get Jesus with benefits? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Benefits, man. I mean, there's no more fits when, you, when you're walking in God's benefits. <laughs> That's the only fit you ought to be having is a benefit. <laughs> Amen. So he's, now these are, these are things that David already knew. But yet he's telling them to himself as if he's never heard them before. So that's the reason why when we come to church, don't expect to hear something brand new from me. Because you know what? I don't know anything brand new. I just know what's in this book and it's an old, old story. Amen. I mean, these stories in here, they're true stories, but they're old. And it's not what's new that sets you free. It's what's true that sets you free. Amen. And feeding on the truthfulness of that word is what keeps you free. Jesus did say the truth will make you free, but it's feeding on that word that will keep you free. Because if you don't continue to feed on that word, you cannot absorb nutrients from a memory. You you can only gain nutrients from eating. How many ever had a good T-bone steak, good ribeye, good filet? I took Katie for Valentine's Day. I took her to a um, what's that uh, Brazilian place, Churrascas? For Valentine's Day, I've been promising her a daddy-daughter date. I call it date with Kate. And, and we, we go and whatever she wants to do, you know. And um, she, she didn't know what to call it, but she said, I want that meat with bacon wrapped around it. <laughs> That's my girl right there. <laughs> meat eater, amen. We like vegetables, but we are not vegetarians. I like vegetables with my steak. <laughs> All right, I'm getting a little bit hungry, but <laughs> all right. So um, we all enjoy a good steak. You know, you gain nutrients when you eat that steak, okay? But now after about four or five hours, when it comes time to eat again, I can actually, I can actually think the flavor of a steak. You can do it. You could do it in, in, in your saliva. You start salivating. Like, think of biting into a jalapeno right now. What just happened? <laughs> See? <laughs> you know? But there wasn't no jalapeno in your mouth. You got the flavors. You can bring, those, those memories are so strong, you can almost taste them. But there's no nutrients in that memory. So that's the reason why when, when people say, well, I've heard that word before. I don't need to hear that again. That's like saying I've ate steak and I don't need to eat steak again. Some people, when they hear the word, that's their excuse not to hear it again. When I hear the word, that's my excuse to hear it again. Because I liked it and I want some more. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So um, he tells himself, as if he's never heard them before, he tells himself the benefits of the Lord. He says, number one, who forgives all thine iniquities. Number two, who heals all thy diseases. Number three, he pardons all my guilt and heals all my suffering. Now, um, these are the Lord's benefits. In the basic English, it says, he takes away all of our diseases. Praise God. See, right now we're feeding on the word. 
We're feeding on the Word. You know, um, man, we're going to... Uh, Psalm 107. Let me give you some more word because we've got to feed on it. I could do a lot of preaching, but then I just want to feed you the word right now. Psalm 107, verse 20. It says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. We don't have this translation, but the Moffat translation says, He sent His word to heal them and preserve their life. In the Isaac Lesser translation, it says, And deliver them from their graves. <laughs> Praise God. How many believe God wants you to live just a little bit longer? He's not quite ready. Amen. He'll deliver you from your grave. Let's make this confession. God's word contains God's healing power. His word is working in me now. He sent his word and healed me. And delivered me from my destructions. Now let's look in Proverbs 4. I'm going to read verse 20. It says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, and keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they, God's words, are life to those that find them, and health to all of their flesh. Amen. Praise God. How many is thankful for the word? If, if you're sick in your body, I'm telling you, I, I just was under direction of the Lord Yesterday, as I was preparing in my heart as to what he would have me to minister, um, I just sensed the Lord say that, that, that he's wanting to demonstrate um, that he is the healer. Amen. That he is the healer and he changes not. If you've got sickness in your body, if you've got disease, pain in your body, I just want you to come on up here. Amen. And just make a line right across here. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to tell you and ask you to do one thing when, that when I ministered to you is that when my hand touches your head, that's when I want you to release your faith and say in your heart, I believe I receive my healing. And the healing power of God will be ministered to your body and it will affect a healing and a cure therein. Do you believe that? Amen. All you got, you don't have to, you don't have to get it. All you got to do is receive it. God didn't say get healing. He said receive healing. Healing is received. Anything that comes from God, any one of his benefits, you don't have, they don't have to be gotten. They just need to be received. Jesus got it for us. <laughs> Amen. Now we receive it freely from his hands. Amen.